When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, Buff Nation? Welcome into DMVR Buffs Primetime. We are presented by Illegal Pete's. Everybody's go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beers. Jake Schwanitz, Nikki Edwards joining the show today. Welcome back, Nikki. Well, it's been a while. It has. We haven't seen each other in, was it June? It's been a month, but... Since the spring game, yeah. Man, so much is continues to go on as we're not even on campus, you know? Everything's always changing. The roster's always evolving, but at least I got my vanilla latte today. <laughs> we're covered on all bases. I got my Red Bull. We're set. Um, lots of interesting stuff we're going to talk about today. And we start with the Coach Prime and Carl Reed article. It was also uploaded as a video. If you go to Well Off Media, you can uh, watch the whole conversation. Mm. It's only like six minutes, but man, Coach Prime was spitting um, <laughs> in rare form. Tons of things to talk about. Most notably, or I guess second most notably, the Travis Hunter thing was uh, pretty shocking. Offered $1.5 in the portal to leave Dion Coach Prime Sanders and go join someone else. Oh, it kind of goes to show we don't really know what's fully what's going on behind the scenes, but yeah, $1.5 million, I mean, that's definitely a huge, huge price, and it just shows the loyalty that Travis Hunter has with Coach Prime because, you know, I don't under any circumstance it's hard to turn down like that big of bag and for him to stay and turn that down it's just you know he's locked in with the buffs and it's just great to see that kind of loyal loyalty and relationship between those two because he is such a valuable player like you know he's going to be eventually going to the NFL and just having him on coach prime's roster and just having him as an asset moving forward is going to be of course as we know so good for the buffs but yeah, $1.5 million. That's a, it's that's a hard a decision to make. For a 19-year-old, that's quite a lot. Uh, two words you said there, relationships and loyalty, and that's basically what Coach Prime said. question he was asked directly was, there was a lot of smoke surrounding Travis when he entered the portal. Would he follow you to Colorado or land somewhere else? He obviously enrolled at Colorado. What are your expectations for him this season? Coach Prime immediately says, people offered Travis Hunter a bag, about $1.5 million to try and lure him and buy him out of the transfer portal. But Travis is not that kind of guy that can be bought. He isn't built like that. Travis is a relational young man that is built on relationships and stability. And that's what he wanted and desired. That is why he decided to ride and stay with us. I cannot wait until they see what he is capable of doing these next couple of years because he will be a top five or top three pick after his junior year. The sky's the limit. He's going to play both ways, vital part of offense, defense, and he wants that. Yeah, (laughs) 
that's you know that's exactly how you know we see it and that's you know the narrative i'm getting that's the truth behind that relationship you know and you know i think just what pat narduzzi said and you know everyone like likes to talk but it's just you know it's not the best look when you're talking down on a program that you don't really know a lot about kind of the um kind of internal operations you know people can say what they want but ultimately you know, Coach Prime is doing what's best for his program, and I think Pat Narduzzi is ultimately doing the same as all head coaches do. But, you know, it's just, I think, like, degrading conversation and just, like, mention like that. I mean, I don't think there's any need for it other than just, like, hot gossip. But, um, you know, Coach Prime knows where he stands amongst the coaching crowd, and, you know, there are a lot of questions around the Buffs program and what's going to happen in the fall. But, you know, it's all talk and smoke until this point, until, you know, you get between those hash marks and really see what's up with the buffs. Exactly. Imagine Settle if they it. played Pitt. That'd be funny. Oh, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> a bowl game this year? It'd be electric. Oh, my God. That'd be so Could fun. you imagine those media sessions leading up to that game? Oh, man. It would be very fun. So, a couple of weeks ago, Pat Narduzzi spoke to Brandon Marcello of 247 Sports. Basically said... What Coach Prime was doing with his roster overhaul was bad for college football. It's not the way it's meant to be. Tons of stuff like that. So Carl Reed brought that up. And Coach Prime's exact quote was, what was his situation when he came to Pitt? He had a different situation than me. He is not mad at me. He is mad at the situation in football now that allowed his best player to leave a year ago. He's not mad at me. He's using, this, he's using me to shoot bullets at another coach who he has an issue with. I don't know who he is. If he walked in here right now, I wouldn't know him. <laughs> First off... <laughs> Roasted. Yes. <laughs> oh, Pat Narduzzi. I mean, he's won a conference title, but Coach Prime's got him there. If he walks into a room, I think maybe less than one person would recognize him. Yeah, you imagine like the NFL meetings and like all the head coaches hanging out. Like, where would Pat Narduzzi be? Like, he'd probably just like hanging out in the corner, just like having a beer conversation. Like, I don't, he's not like the most <laughs> prominent figure in college football. You know, he's comparable to, any other college head football coach. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know why, you know, you go all the way from the East Coast and you're just like, oh, this guy from Pitt making just comments about Coach Prime. This whole situation is just kind of like, just funny. <laughs> it is funny. Um, but honestly, I think Coach Prime's right. Like, he's – Coach Prime didn't do anything for Pat Narduzzi to be mad at. He yeah. didn't go and steal Jordan Addison. That was Lincoln Riley. Um, and just – Obviously, he's been the talk of the offseason coach prime in Colorado because of what he's done to the roster. But, um, yeah, it's just funny to see this, and it's funny Coach Prime's response. Uh, but he's right. It's not what Coach Prime is doing. It's what the system is at this point. Mm -hmm. That is why Pat, Pat Narduzzi is so upset. Yeah, I mean, there's always, like, questions, I think, from an outsider looking in on, like, what happened with – truly happened with, like, the roster overhaul and – you know, it is a, you know, somewhat risky approach, but at the end of the day, you know, one in 11 talent can't support what Deion Sanders was going to do. Like, it was really dramatic, like us covering it. I mean, we know, like, the full extent of what went down, all the people that left, and, you know, X, Y, and Z with the roster overhaul. But I think from an outsider looking in, it's just like, oh, my goodness, like, that's so dramatic. Like, why, how could he, you know, do such a thing? But Everything that we've seen Coach Prime do is just so unconventional and, like, mm -hmm. you know, has its own, like, shocking flavor to it. But, you know, that's our kind of normal state that we've been in. But that's what makes it exciting and um, fun for us. For sure. Um, a couple of great comments going on. MLN, Narduzzi got to float on a cupcake inflatable in the pool. 
Coach Prime had to mop up after a tsunami. <laughs> and that's true. And that leads me, if you scroll up a little bit, Alyssa, Nicholas had a comment. Um, Narduzzi inherited a team that was like around 500, went to bowl games. Mm -hmm. Coach Prime's inheriting a team that hasn't been to a bowl game in, was it eight years, seven years almost now? Like completely different situations. Yeah, totally. I agree. Totally um, agree with that. You know, it's, you guys, you can only judge, like I said, just from afar. Like he, Coach Prime needs to do what he needs to do to get to the program where he needs to get it. And, you know, and I, I like, as I've talked to people, everyone's like, oh my goodness, the roster overhaul. But, you know, it is, it is a risky move from a college football standpoint, but ultimately it, it did, everything happened uh, as it should, I think. It's uh, it's gonna be the talk of the season for sure. Um, yeah. A couple other things. Uh, Carl Reed asked him about managing Travis's two-way ability. Coach Prime said we don't have to manage that. That's his game. It's nothing that we manage. Travis is bored when he's not on the field. Uh, he's not intertwined with things when he's not on the field. Travis likes to be in the action. That's who he is. I got ripped, or we've got ripped when we posted our projected starters last week. I did mm -hmm. a depth chart this week, and I put Travis as the starter at wide receiver and cornerback. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's. I mean, I I see <laughs> I see that me too? too. I mean, I'm. There's so much depth in that room. There's so much versatility. But when I think of like when I think of those three guys on the line of scrimmage, I think Travis Hunter, Jimmy Horn Jr., and Xavier Weaver, mm -hmm. and to pull up the ro like roster. But I mean, there's so many other guys behind them, and right. I think the way that Shooter Sanders and Travis Hunter have this chemistry. It's like, why wouldn't you put that on the field? Right. It's such a great product. Like we've seen it firsthand. Like they really work so well together. I think we got teased that too in the spring game when they had that first drive and oh, yeah. Travis had those like three catches and ended with a touchdown. I'm like, you know, when you see things like that, you, it puts you under the impression that, you know, he's going to start. And you know, they, like I said, they just right. put on a really good product just the way that they operate together. Yep. But I mean, I, I don't think you should be getting ripped too hard, <laughs> but I think there are some other options. But I should be getting ripped some degree is what you're saying. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> uh, we don't, we're still trying to get a grasp on what that's going to look like, how much he's going to like play. Right. I think it's going to ultimately come down to a stamina thing. I'm really excited now that we've seen just wide receiver, like what that, what Travis Hunter really looks like at cornerback. Cause it's quite exciting. I'm so excited for the secondary. That's like something I've just always been talking about. Like this secondary is going to be nuts. Yeah. You know, like when you bring in so many SEC guys, like I was talking about this yesterday um, on a podcast I was doing, you know, you really see the dramatic difference of talent and versatility from the SEC to the Pac-12. Like they really like shine. I mean, we see it with Jordan Dominic, like that guy can yeah. produce. And, you know, you have – Hawkins Robinson, Marion Cooper, Travis J. Like they all have these really, you know, unique resumes and they didn't get enough playing time and served more of a reserve role because those schools are so deep and so talented. And, you know, when you put players like that in the Pac twelve, it's like you're gonna see something yep. pretty pretty crazy. Yep. The uh player I keep bringing up is Bo Nix, what he did at Auburn and then what he did at Oregon last year. Um, it's just there's a big jump for those guys. One more thing, and then we'll move on. Uh, Coach Prime was asked about the roster change by Carl Reed. Um, <laughs> Carl Reed didn't even get to finish his question. He said, a lot of roster changes have been made, and Coach Prime interrupted. Necessary changes. Say necessary. Coach uh, Carl Reed said that. He said, 
lot of necessary changes have been made. How do you like your team going into the fall as opposed to what you had in the spring? Coach said apples and oranges. You can't even compare the two. Talking about a situation in which we inherited a team that was 1-11, and, and everyone knows that there were going to be some changes. I don't understand how you would think that the coaching staff is the only thing that deserved to change. Now, when you rid yourself of the entire coaching staff, you think you are going to keep all the kids? That doesn't make sense to me. And that just doesn't make sense whatsoever when the previous staff was responsible for securing those kids. That's not the way this, this game is played with us. Um, he talked a lot about just him and his coaching staff, how they're old school, how they approach the game. Um, I mean, we heard smart, tough, smart, smart, fast, disciplined with character in this. All the hits. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think Coach Prime is pretty, you know, he's pretty good at, you know, defending himself in this scenario. And it's just like... Like I said, this is just kind of like a funny situation that we're all in. But, you know, like you said, those those changes, everything that happened in this program, like really needed to happen. Like maybe mm -hmm. there were a few guys that could have stayed on the roster, like in my opinion. But regardless of what happened, you know, he's ultimately like the visionary and, you know, creator of this new era that the buffs are going to enter. And, you know, he's going to just operate it on his own terms, regardless of what people say and I've just noticed in my other job too, I work for Yahoo Sports and you know, it's a more nationally, you know, it's a more national big brand. <clears throat> and anything that we produce about Deion Sanders usually does numbers and right. there's always gonna be like traction and talk and discussion about and questions about what Deion Sanders is doing, but ultimately like, you know, all of these questions and <clears throat> excuse me, all this gossip we're hearing and like we're not gonna get any any definitive answers until the fall, but yeah, it's like funny. You're like, all right, Pat Narduzzi, you'll you'll see what's gonna happen at Folsom because <laughs> yeah. it's gonna it's gonna be a much different team, and you know, oh yeah, all those questions that he had will, and that we have will ultimately ultimately be answered. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, some other news from Well Off yesterday, and uh, this, I guess, I mean, you guys were right, Sivion Wilkerson, snaps with the team. Uh, last year at Jackson State, 227 attempts, 1,152 rushing yards, nine touchdowns, also added 21 receptions, 160 rushing yards, and one touchdown. Um, he hasn't said anything, obviously. Yeah. And we've learned this from well off exclusively. Yeah. Uh, Reach the People, I guess, was the one who had the first little hint of it all. Mm -hmm. uh, but now they're... I mean, we're just showing him in the videos and talking to him and stuff. So I don't know if I had to assume, I would assume he's walking on if he hasn't said anything and he's just kind of there. But who mm. knows? He could, this just could be a silent committal too. Yeah, I mean, I think they have that flexibility, and you know, we never forget about Charlie Offerdahl. You know, it's of course, just, we you never forget the walk-ons. But this running back room is just shaping up to be so compelling. Ultimate Caskill. I talked about this with Brian the other day. Just, I personally think that he's going to make the biggest impact in the fall. Mm -hmm. um, just the way that he's really hungry to get back there. He was injured all last year, yep. and he's really ready to show people like what he has. Like he has such an incredible resume. Like all ACC Rookie of the Year, 961 yards and 16 touchdowns. I've said that so much recently, but I like he's such a exciting player yeah. that. I'm looking forward to same with Xavier Weaver too, but oh, yeah. just looking at the running backs, you know, Dylan Edwards, super fast, able to break some tackles. Uh, I at least saw in the spring game and right. Anthony Hankerson, really good, really good goal line guy. Mm -hmm. can just kind of get it, <laughs> get yep. it in there. And then um, 
Cavassier, Cavossier. Cavossier smoke. Cavossier yeah. smoke. Honestly, that's just like such a cool jersey. Like, <laughs> it is. That's I a think, great Colorado jersey. I know. It's such an applicable, awesome jersey. But, you know, he's a good blocker. I think he's able to play fullback a bit. And just, I think the, you know, veteran experience, you can't get enough of that. And they're just going to have multiple options. Like, there's just so many weapons on this offense. And it's, you're just, I think we're going to see, like, you know, a lot of, I think it's going to be a, a mostly passing offense. But I think we'll get the running backs kind of integrated into the receiving a bit too, but you know, nothing like having a good reliable back just to, you know, get those extra gains. This running back room is turning into one of the strengths of the roster for mm -hmm. sure. Um, I mean, the production, this is now your second thousand yard rusher. Um, and when you include Alton McCaskill, Cavassier Smoke only has like 307 carries in his career, so he's got fresh legs. He's still averaged over five yards per touch in that time. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Hankerson. I think he's got a huge role coming up this year as well. Yeah. So it's a it's an absolutely loaded backfield. Um, almost getting to the point where it's getting too crowded. Like, how do you give all these guys that many carries, you know? Mm -hmm. um, because, I mean, how I see the game is for a running back, you want them to, like, establish a rhythm a bit, you know? It's... Yeah. We saw this last year, um, of course, different talent levels. But, like, when Jaylee Stacks would come into the game, he'd get, like, one carry, like, sporadically. And it'd be, like, a two-yard gain, and that's all you'd see of him. He mm -hmm. never really had a chance to establish a rhythm. Um, so we'll see how that works. You know they're going to run 90, 95, try yeah. to run 100 plays this year. So Yeah, we'll see how kind of the stability shapes up within, like, all the rooms. And, of course, as you said, you had your projected depth chart. But, um, yeah, I think that's ultimately the biggest thing that CU was missing last year was just stability and uh, consistency. So, you know, I think this roster can hopefully unlock that <laughs> this fall. Hopefully. This episode of the DMVR Bus Podcast is brought to you by Illegal Pete. Illegal Pete is your go-to spot this summer. They've got extended happy hours at all 12 of their locations, 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. every single day. Um, you stop in and get house margarita or draft beer for free with the purchase of an adult entree. If you have gone to a game, just walk in, show your ticket stub, and they will hook you up. I love Illegal Pete's. What's your Illegal Pete's order? I usually get steak, potatoes, lettuce, pico. Did I already say queso? No. Nope. Beans, white rice, and a soda. Or if it's a weekend, a margarita. Ooh, <laughs> spicy. <laughs> um, also, shout out to the American Raptors at Infinity Park. If you didn't get the ticket you wanted as an elite athlete, check out the opportunities at Infinity Park. Rugby just may be your next ride. Uh, the American Raptors have players from all kinds of different backgrounds, football, basketball, wrestling, soccer, track. Um, they've got a former football player on the roster, Tanella Tupoa. From the University of Washington. You can watch the American Raptors games on ESPN+. Plus. Um, you can also grab a ticket if you go to AmericanRaptors.com. They will hook you up there. Also, follow our DMVR Rugby podcast and Colton Strickler. Stay up to date with everything rugby. Do you have any strong rugby opinions? Have you ever watched it, actually? No. No? Oh. I've never... Yeah, I've seen, like, clips, but I. <laughs> if you asked me, like, what was happening, right. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> it's a great game. Um, it's, like, pretty intense. Like, it's it full is. on, like... No pads, nothing. Like you're It's just an all-out war. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
All right. Um, been a while since we talked. What you been up to? I so know. you talked to Chance Main. You had an interview yesterday. What else you been up to? Um, yeah, I've been trying to work uh, as much as I can. I do work for Yahoo Sports now, and that's been uh, taking up some of my time. But it's also been such a great um, journey for me in doing that. I work on their social media team. Super fun. Um, I know a lot about professional basketball now and the <laughs> NHL. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, uh, of course, football. But when it comes to the Buffs, yeah. I, it, Really good to talk to Chance Main because I only talked to him once last season and it was in the mm. hallway. And of course, like when we all did those interviews, it's like, how, what do you think? How is this team going to be turned around? Like, what are you guys going to do? this week going to be different? Yeah, I'm yeah. like, how are you guys feeling going into Saturday? And yeah. it's just like, you know, those, it, you know, it was just an interview. It was kind of quick touch. And he's just like, we're just going to try to do the best that we can. And it's so, I think with the remaining buffs that are on this roster, it's so good for them to get a second chance and uphold, you know, the reputation that CU has. Like Chance Main talked about that. It's just like how much the buffs would get, um, can I say shit? Well, I just said it. Yeah. How much the buffs would get shit on <laughs> last year. And, you know, we were, we saw that narrative firsthand. And now it's so good to see him get a second opportunity and really prove mm -hmm. himself. I mean, it is such a deep and I think versatile uh, ends group defensive ends group that oh, we're yeah. looking at this year which is really cool and you know just seeing him um kind of prevail under new circumstances and you know it was just he told me just last year that a big reason why it was just you know so discombobulated and they were losing is because no one a lot of people were on the same page like he would go right. to one coach and they'd be like okay you're gonna do it this way and then he'd go to another coach and he'd be like no you got to do it this way and they'd be learning like these new plays like every single week. Mm -hmm. And, you know, having that quick turnaround was just really difficult. And there were so many just, there's so many disconnections on different levels. And of course, like Carl Durrell brought in like a whole new staff and it was right. just, it was disjointed in a lot of areas. And I think just hearing, hearing that perspective from me and just it helped me get kind of insight of what was really going on behind the scenes because yeah. it was also like really touch and go last year. But it was really difficult. You know, it was really difficult. Like we're all those guys working day in and day out and just not seeing the results. And once again, like they're just getting shit on like all the time, which, you know, they really bad offense, really bad defense. But, you know, from an emotional standpoint, it's like, damn, like, you know, I I have respect for you guys because you guys really went through like hell and back. Yep. And now Chance Man is in this new situation where, you know, this is a completely new team. Like, they're actually going to win. They're actually going to score. Like, he won't be um, – the defense will be definitely getting less reps. That's true. <laughs> than they Hopefully. Did, than they did last season. And I'm just – I'm excited to see how he grows. And I think it's just – I kept saying it, but, like, it's so good to see him get another opportunity because when we saw that, like, firsthand, it's just like – and we just feel for the guys. It's just like, damn, like, this sucks. Like, this just sucks for everyone involved. And, um, yeah, I we just yeah we had a we just talked about. Um, I was like, what was it? Was can you describe like how you get around like a six ten six eight offensive lineman? He's like, sure, you sure as hell. It's really difficult. <laughs> and he's like, are you talking about Tank? I was like, yeah, I'm talking about Tank. And. He's like, well, he's like, this year I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get Tank. I'm gonna beat him every time. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna make a quote of that. But, um, yeah, really good to see him and just kind of talk to him and touch base. Um, and then I did an interview yesterday with uh, Nebraska Rivals writer mm -hmm. 
His name is Zach Carpenter, um, works for the Nebraska Insider. And we, I learned a lot about Nebraska and where they're at. And it's so, there's so many similarities between CU and Nebraska. Like within this year period, you know, head coach got hired. Uh, all the players, not, I think only one player, I forgot his name, left within that 30 day period after a head coach got fired. Mm-hmm. But everyone basically stayed. You know, try to work their ass off, made the most of, you know, an unfortunate circumstance. And the biggest thing, you know, we, we talked, yeah, we just kind of talked about the matchup and just, I think the biggest thing is just similarly to CU was there was just no alignment within that facility. No one was on the same page and, you know, they'd be so close and they would just have, you know, this losing mentality. Like, you know, they'd be like a touchdown or two behind and they're like, okay, like how are we going to screw this one up instead of like, okay, let's, you know, let's try to figure this out and let's try to win. And, you know, there was, it was, it was a tough system. It was, like I said, it was so similar to CU players were just not fully buying in, having this mentality that they just weren't going to produce and they weren't going to win at the end of the day. Um, yeah. And now, <laughs> Nebraska makes this kind of grand head coaching hire. I think, yep. you know, the I think the second not as grand as ours. Yeah, but. I know the second <laughs> most prominent head coaching hire in college football, yep. in my opinion. And one of their biggest struggles last season was their offensive line and their strength program. Mm-hmm. They their guys weren't big enough. They weren't strong enough. They weren't physical enough. And when Matt Rule came in, that was something big that he addressed. And like their strength program looks completely different now. And you know, you throw around like culture and stuff. And, you know, I think what they have now with Matt Rule is those intangibles that they didn't have last year, just like that more positive outlook. I think more organization, more structure. Mm-hmm. And they have a new quarterback. His name is Jeff Sims. Uh, came from Georgia Tech. Yep. Casey Thompson, their old quarterback, went to FAU. And yep. they only lost, like, after um, Matt Rule was hired, they only lost, a, you know, a, a handful of guys. And, Matt Rule kind of kept the majority of that roster. And I asked Zach, I was like, um, you know, when you look at a, a team and, you know, they're a sub-500 team, they're losing, what do you think of the talent rolling over into next year? Do you think that Matt Rule would want to have, like, a Sanders approach where he kind of replenishes it on multiple fronts? Or, you know, do you think that talent can actually, you know, come into this year and produce? Is it, was it, like, a leadership thing? And, yeah, he ultimately said it was a leadership thing. Like, they have a lot of four – five-star guys like they have Eric Gilbert from LSU like really talented tight ends he told me that they're gonna be really focused on the ground game uh this year but they're also you know of course still gonna utilize just Jeff Sims and his passing ability but yeah um I'm gonna be posting that podcast later today and I'd recommend listening to it I know we (laughs) all really hate Nebraska but if you it's really fascinating how similar these programs are like when he was when he was describing just like this past year, I was like, wow, I literally lived that. Yeah. Like I reported on that. Like it was just such a similar experience. And I don't know, Nebraska is just, it's a, and it's an interesting program that I think doesn't get talked about enough because Matt Rule has such a, you know, extensive and deep uh, resume. And of course, that's how he got the job with the Carolina Panthers was from his um, college head coaching experience. So, yeah, Matt Rule is definitely building something interesting, and um, they have the talent to produce, but the biggest thing that they were missing was, one, literally their offensive line not being strong enough, and two, just a lack of culture. So 
I'll be posting that later today. Just keep an eye on my Twitter. But yeah, if you want to learn about Nebraska and what they've been up to, um, it'll be on my YouTube later. Some intel on the enemy never hurt. Right? I mean, it's good. I, I'm like, it's good to understand, like, you know, not going into that game, like, blind. Like, they're... Their defense, we didn't talk about too much of their defense, but they have a really productive defensive end. I forgot his name, but yeah, Nebraska's a really interesting program, and he did he did have Nebraska winning that game, so we'll see. Not surprising. I have CU winning that game. Of course you do. I know, I kind of like... You're smart. You know what's <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> um, real quick, going back to Chance Main, where do you think he like fits in in this edge rotation? Mm. Um, I did my depth chart. Um, I only went three deep, and... It's just hard to project the, a lot of positions because we're expecting a lot of rotation, Edge being one of them. How do you think he fits in, though? Um, I think his experience, I think his size certainly helps, like the growth that he's had within the last year. Um, you know, I, I asked him, I was like, do you feel like you've mastered the defensive end position? He was like, hell no. I don't think anyone has necessarily <laughs> mastered that, yeah. the defensive end position. But after certain years in college football, you have a really good grasp of you know, what your talents are, where you struggle with, but um, he's confident in his ability, but he still has a lot to learn. He said he was reviewing film with Sal Sinceri, and Sinceri oh, yeah. was like, don't do that, don't do that. Like, he was kind of just ripping him. <laughs> well, after what we saw last <laughs> right? year, yeah. uh, I think Coach Sal would rip the coaches and if he had the chance. I think we saw, like, last year, Chance Payne wasn't necessarily a starter. I think he started right. in, like, UCLA was his first start, yeah. and, you know, we saw, like, flashes of him. I definitely see him kind of taking that, like, Second seat to Jordan Dominic. I'm really interested to see what Savelle Smalls of contributes. Course, yeah. You know, he was such a, I think, prominent recruiting pickup and really talented at Washington. Another guy that, you know, had a more or less reserve role and just needed a platform. So ultimately, it's the next man up. But I want to say I see Maine kind of in that secondary position because Jordan Dominic is going to be, you know, the number one guy. And for sure. Also, Derek McClendon, too. Just another SEC dog. dog. <laughs> I guess it's not SEC. It's FSU. But ACC. Yeah. But I yeah, I'd see him taking the second second seed. And ultimately, it's the next man up. And um, yeah, I think he's definitely going to have to work for it because it's. Yeah, this edge group is really, really um Hell yeah. Uh, plug your YouTube real quick. What's your YouTube channel? Um, Nikki Edwards. Uh, see, I've been like kind of getting it started, so I don't know my username quite yet. <laughs> There's like a bunch of numbers at the end, but if you just look up Nikki Edwards, um, I should pop up. And my, my picture is my same profile picture of me like holding the microphone. And it's funny because that picture that I took, um, that's my profile picture. That's when um, Carl Durrell got fired. That press conference, and I had a. I've asked a like silly question. I was like, why? I was like, why would you wait? I asked Rick George. I'm like, why would you wait until the Buffs were five and zero to fire them? And everyone was like, no, Nikki, zero and five. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Remember that? I was <laughs> I like, do remember? That. I was so nervous. It's all right. Oh, <laughs> well, that was a fun. That was a that was a funny day. We've come a long way since then. That's such for sure. a long way. All right, a few things to catch up on, and then we'll get your to your questions. Uh, lots of guys arriving for OVs. Brandon Davis Swain announced his arrival. Uh, the Michigan defensive lineman listed at 6'4", 240. 201st player overall, according to the 247 Sports Composite. I think he put out a top five or so not too long ago. C was in there, but he's here on his OV. Uh, Charles Lester III has arrived. Um, he arrives with a friend and 2024 four-star 247 Sports Composite wide receiver, Zykarl Lewis. 
He's out of Tampa, Florida at a Carrollwood Day High School. 342nd overall player, 51st wide receiver. Uh, we already know Charles Lester III, five-star, one of the top recruits in this upcoming class. Um, so he brings a friend. You have mm. the big guns in our guy Talon Chandler. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're trying, man. Yeah, I think... I think the spring game too was like one of those like recruiting like halls. It's like holy shit! Like there yeah. is so much talent, and you know I think we've just seen that continuation of that. You know Charles Lester is a really I think compelling piece. I think with like those secondary guys, like I always have like kind of the inkling that they will commit just because you know of Coach Prime's history and right. whatnot. And like why wouldn't you want to be coached by one of the best cornerbacks in NFL history? You would think, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, you would. You would think. All right, we have one more, or actually a couple of more things. We'll go quickly here, and then we'll hit your questions. Jonah Williams, twenty twenty five, four star safety. This is a top 40 player in this upcoming class from Galveston, Texas at Ball High School. 63203. He put out a top 12 yesterday. TCU, Texas, Ohio State, Tennessee, OU, AM, Ole Miss, LSU, Oregon, ASU, USC, and CU. Obviously, a lot of time before he has to make a decision, but we're in good standing there. Stacy Gage. Um, teasing his commitment, which is going to be tomorrow, <laughs> with the Coach Prime gift, the classic Twitter gift of you know what time it is. Yeah, I think <laughs> I feel like he kind of let the cat out of the bag with that one because I feel like out of respect for another program, like if you were going to commit to one of the other schools, you wouldn't post a gif of Deion Sanders. Like that's just so that's like so obvious. Like oh, you know, like. <laughs> you know what time it is. And then the next day you commit to Tennessee, it's like, what? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I think just out of respect for another program, I don't, I feel like you wouldn't like, you wouldn't do that. So it's just, we'll see. see. It seems like, it seems just from my expert opinion, uh-huh. I don't know what you're <laughs> thinking. I think that he's going to commit to see you. I think we're looking good. Um, it's just, you never know with these kids. I mean, you never know with these kids. You could, uh, I mean, I think a lot of kids have done this, tried to use Colorado to their advantage, you know, to bump up their recruitment. I think we saw that with Shane Hooks a little bit. I think also, Um, too, is the running back room is a bit smaller. Right. He's a big back. Yeah. yeah, There's I think there's availability for him to just immediately like hop into that system. Yes, there's 24. There's more time. But yeah, it's a smaller room and there's a lot of opportunity for him um, on this team. So feels good. Feels good. Um, Brady says, think he's UCF bound. I think he just took an OV to UCF also. Um, last little thing to touch on, Clint Brewster. Uh, Coach Brew's son, works for 247 Sports, posted a tweet today of main tight end transfer Sean Bowman. Said he's a hot commodity right now. Six five and a half, two 260 pounds. A true three-down three tight end with catch and run ability. He's adding some big offers, um, so stay tuned. We'll see there what happens. Yep. Um, real quick, also, we announced our TCU plans yesterday. You guys could come with us, basically, from Denver to Fort Worth. Um, we've got tons of different packages, depending on how many people you want to travel with, what exactly you want to do. If you want to come hang out for the tailgate, or if you just want, or if you want to do the whole package. Um, 
We put out a tweet on the Buffs account, DMVR underscore Buffs. Uh, there's a link there to go on the site, and you can sign up and check it all out. We'll be plugging this throughout the summer, obviously. Can I come? Uh, you, of course you can come. I think I'm actually going to go to that game. Let's go. That'd be tight. Yeah. Um, Let me know what flight you get. I, I need to figure that out, too. I truthfully don't know. Um, all right. Let's quickly do this, and we can get to questions. We've got about 10 minutes. Shout out to Shady Rays, the independent sunglasses company who offers a world-class product. Durable frames, extremely clear optics for all your outdoor adventures. Uh, Shady Rays also has a lost and broken replacement program. Even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked if you lose or break your pair of Shady Rays. You can shop their entire collection at the Park Meadows Mall. Or go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DMVR, you'll get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. And then Backus and Shanker, if you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here for you. They've been helping Colorado families win for more than 25 years. No fees to speak with them about your case, no fees while they work on your case, and no fees unless they win your case. They've won over $1 billion for their clients. They help with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault, car accident, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrian, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Smash that Shador line. 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. All right, we got about 10 minutes, probably a little bit less than that. Okay. Bird's asking, what players have yet to arrive to campus? Um, honestly, I don't really know. Yeah. It's so hard to say at this point. Um, but I think we're getting glimpses in the well-off video, but we know Kermani's not there yet, but he's going to be there literally... This weekend. Yeah, this yeah. weekend, and I think everyone's um, starting to roll in. I'm pretty sure... I don't know. I think everyone's mostly there, but as you know, like as you just said, like I don't fully know. Right. It's a. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's still kind of early, and guys are still trickling in. So, if you haven't seen anyone in well off or something, um, I wouldn't freak out. Remember, most prog programs don't even have a well off. They don't know when anyone arrives <laughs> ever. So, um, I wouldn't freak out too much. <laughs> D. Lee, hey Jake and Nikki, what do you think of these conditioning drills from the well-off video yesterday? The shape and talent depth of this team is going to take a lot of teams into deep waters. Did you see this video yesterday? Yeah, they were working. Holy cow. Yeah, that was, I would have fainted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think you saw some of the new guys, Savion being one of them, kind of just being like, mm -hmm. like, we Javon got a long Antonio. way to go. We got to get in shape. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it, there's definitely... <laughs> Some conditioning that a lot of conditioning that needs to happen. I really I saw that clip of Javon Antonio and I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that a tight end? But it, oh, I was gonna I was gonna talk about this. He was a tight end coming out of high school, so maybe right. I don't know if they would like ever consider him. I mean, he mm. has played majority receiver, but right. I think with you know maybe some freshening, some Tim Brewster um, push. Interesting. <laughs> he could maybe maybe come in as a yeah. tight end because he is he's well sized. He's six four. Yeah. 220, uh -huh. I'm pretty sure. But well, he's going to get bigger with this strength. Program. I think that could be something interesting to watch. Like if, you know, this tight end room doesn't come together, he could definitely be a piece to play that position. Uh, Sean says, I got PTSD from watching that video. Yeah, me too. It flashes back to some of the worst days of my life of uh, summer conditioning football? camp. I did in high school and before. Mm. I volleyball. I used to play conditioning, uh, yeah. conditioning a lot in volleyball. The ropes. Ever done the ropes oh, before? 
Oh my god! Just any type of circuit drills like that, where they were doing like it looked like the pacer drill, honestly. Like, do you remember that from high school? Oh yeah. Yeah, that looked kind of like something they were doing, and it was they were struggling. Um, Nessa Moore, where's Jalen Ellis and Brendan Gaunt? That's what I want to know. Uh, again, I don't know, guys. Um, they're coming. I promise, they will be coming. Alfredi, Jake, what do you do with Dylan Edwards if McCaskill and Smoke are one and two in order? So I kind of wrote about this in the depth chart piece. Um, and interesting, interestingly enough, Dylan Edwards is the only guy on offense that I have at multiple positions. Listed him at running back and deeper down on the wide receiver depth chart too. Um, his speed is obviously like what makes his game. Yeah. Um, He's kind of interchangeable like Jimmy Horn is. Right. Like, And that's where I put him. So I put this like the slot receiver, I guess. Basically, as the speed receiver. So I listed Jimmy mm. Horn, Willie Gaines, Tavares Dawson, then Dylan Edwards. Mm. Um, so, yeah, to help keep up their minimum speed, he could serve that role. I mean, he's going to be a big play guy, kind of just like an X factor. They're going to design plays for him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see like a series here and there where he's, you know, acting as the running back and kind of just toting the rock for three or four plays. But, um, it's going to be interesting. I'm fascinated to see how, what they do with him. I know. I, it's fast offense. We heard a lot about it. Yep. And Dylan Edwards is certainly one of those <laughs> complimentary pieces to being fast. I just remember he had like a 30, like one of the first plays of the spring game. He had like a 35-yard run and he broke. I, yes, it was against it was a sec, second team defense. Still, he broke a lot of tackles and just like yep. he's such a, I think he's such a well-sized back and just like has so much power to break through. Yeah, he's just going to be someone to watch. Yep, and I agree with your analysis of like him playing that kind of speed back. Um, yeah, his size, I mean, he's like a little just jackrabbit out there. Yep. He can burst through these holes, and he does have kind of deceptive strength to shake off tacklers. Yeah, He's a lot of fun. Uh, Nicholas asking, do you guys know if any practices will be open yet? I do not know. Have you heard anything? I'm willing to bet you haven't either. No. I think, yeah, we would have <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> heard about something. The summer is really closed off for the most part until August comes around. So I don't – I don't. they usually don't hold, like, open practices. Um, I think we'll get some open practices. I think we will we'll, – like Once a week. Maybe we'll see. I, the, with what happened at the end of uh, spring practices, we'll find out. But I'll tell. The, we'll talk about it later. Okay. But, um, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm sure we'll have something open at some point. Four six goalies. The depth chart updated with Wilkerson on it. Um, it is not. And honestly, if I put Wilkerson on this depth chart, I'd have to go like six deep. Um, because I just went McCaskill, Smoke, Edwards, Hankerson. Um, Sivion would probably be after that. But then you throw in Charlie. Um, it's uh, absolutely loaded backfield. Yeah, it's it's really such a compelling position group. There's just so there's so many weapons. Like they're yeah. all they all so good in like their own ways. Like they're they you can like like I said like Anthony Hankerson, goal line guy, mm -hmm. Dylan Edwards, speed back, Vasya Smoke, blocking back, also is a quality carrier. Ultima Caskill, he's ready to rock. And Savion Wilkerson, really productive at Jackson State. So Absolutely. you can't really go wrong with any of those options. Um, Sports Geek asking if he's eligible for this season. I don't see why not. Um, Should be. He was a sophomore last year, so he's got plenty of eligibility remaining. I don't know if you're inferring a grade singer or something. I don't know on that end. 
Um, anything else we got? How many in here? scholarships left? How many there scholarships left? What What is your number? Six. There's 79 filled. Okay, six 85. is my number two. Um, Chase says five with Wilkerson. We don't know with him again. Um, he could just be walking on, given how he just ended up on the team and didn't really make a big deal of joining the team. Mm -hmm. And we've been seeing too, like all those walk-ons have been coming on right recently. So I think they're just. And I saw a video too, like. Coach Prime was talking to Coach Salsonzeri, and he's like, "All right, we need two walk-on defensive ends. Yep. Like, what are we looking for?" So they're looking for yep. walk-ons right now, and I think they're just um, just testing out some new faces. Right. Um, you also have like the preferred walk-on stuff that you can do for guys potentially like Savion, who you know is going to be a factor on the team. Yeah, but, he uh, could maybe earn that scholarship right, later down the road. Another guy that uh, I think I saw Nicholas talking about him in the comments earlier. Owen Westemeyer, I guess, has joined the team. He uh, was a 2023 tackle slash tight end at 6'4", 235. That mm. probably leans more to tight end. Um, but the young tight end from Valley High School in West Des Moines, Iowa, has apparently joined the team. Um, Big LT says Wilkerson will start over Hankerson. Sure, wouldn't surprise me, but um, I mean, I don't think any of those those guys are going to be competing with carries. Yeah, with Elton McCaskill and Kwasi <laughs> Smoke. So. it's just it's going to be so competitive. Yeah. Um, Mac Mill said he was hurt. Interesting. Mm. Uh, Sean also says he probably gets the coaching change waiver of. He sits. It's perfect for him. Yeah, I mean. We'll find out. I'm sure we'll get some word eventually. But the CU hasn't updated the roster actually since um, spring football. Where'd you put Shiloh in your depth chart? We had him starting. What do you think? You think he starts? Who's your starting safeties? You have to pick two. Okay, let me see. <laughs> um, I might be throwing you to the wolves here a little bit. I know. <laughs> God, I want to choose like, your words carefully. I know. I really okay. I think. Trevor Woods. Right. Am I going to get ripped for this? I think <laughs> I got was, destroyed for it. He was one of he was one of the Buffs most productive pieces in the defense. Remember that? Remember that tackle he had of in the course, end zone? Oh, the course. cow. Yeah, I'll never forget that. He saved the game. I think Trevor Woods. Oh, I also like I like Cameron, too. Um, <clears throat> I haven't seen Travis J. I'm going to say from what I know, I'm just going to say Damn, this is so hard. Hey, Cameron and Trevor, Travis Day, Travis J. Honorable mention, Shiloh. Okay. Need to see some more. Uh, Travis J. Uh, I talked about him yesterday because he was running that big brace. Didn't know when he was cleared. Well, he set him well off yesterday. He's cleared. So there you go. Cool beans. Wow, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> I need to. I need to get out of here. Vic Sports Talk says <laughs> Owen Carey's not on the team anymore, according to his new video description. That's interesting. That could be another scholarship. Who? Look oh, at everyone okay. saying no. <laughs> I know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Look at. <laughs> well, for the sake of you guys, I guess that won't happen. But I mean, we. I I'd like to see more slusher too. Yeah. We didn't get to see a lot of him in the spring. I just, I don't know. He's just, he's so fast. Like he's so powerful. Yep. Like he gets, he gets the guys quickly. Yes, there were a lot of missed tackles, <laughs> but not on his front. Like he was literally the leading tackler oh. last year. Oh my but, God! We lit the comments on fire. <laughs> Okay, okay. Well, it's all right. It, they are all entitled <laughs> to their opinion. Um, I'll just say, check the tape of uh, Trevor Woods last year. 
Yeah, he, play, he could play. And it, it's okay, you know. We can we can agree to disagree. I've people have disagreed with me many a time. People brought up not a one eleven player is going to play. We already talked about all this. Don't don't tell me about Jimmy Horner, Xavier Weaver. Then <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Um, all right, it was a great week of the show this week, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you for coming on. It's been a while. We'll have to have you I back know, again. I know. I know. They. I saw a comment on Brian's video said let Nikki go on DMVR and let her cook. So yep. I cooked today. You a pretty, did. I think a pretty fair fair meal. Hopefully the analysis was I think, fun. Uh, I think the uh, viewers and listeners are eating well today after this podcast. Let's go. We'll have you back <laughs> when uh, Ryan's here sometime too. Cool. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. Go Buffs. Hey, follow me, Nikki Edwards. Bye. <laughs>